Whatever crap. I'm making fun of it because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. <laughs> Definitely. He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Did you guys know that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been banned from like Looney Tunes because it's offensive to the French, I guess? Cheers. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs> you know what I was just thinking as we were listening to that? We, we dropped the ball. This is season two, episode three. Thanks, everyone, for uh, checking back in and listening. Why didn't we change the intro for season two? So I'm taking clips from this new season, and then I'm going to start one eventually. Love it. Yeah, so we'll have a new one here pretty shortly. So we're I, think, gonna... I think the Pepe Le Pew should be cut. Yeah, we'll that's, cut that's that. That's like my least favorite. I think. What? Yeah. Why? But that's like one of our most buzzworthy <laughs> podcast moments. He's gone on like five other Looney Tunes rants, <laughs> so we can just pull a different one. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll have a new one here shortly. Well, I, I actually had a friend from uh, uh, from Deglera's like, like you know, like it's all because of the sexual innuendos. I'm like, oh, I just thought it's kind of because he's smelly, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess he's, I guess he's a rapist pervert. <laughs> Is seriously? Well, that's the. I don't know. People read into it too much, I guess. Well, that's the thought, right? That's the thought, yeah. Interesting. Here we are. We're on another Looney Tunes rant. We're 48 seconds into the first the first uh, podcast. Uh, uh, no, third podcast. Whatever. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> so we are. This is uh, chapter 33. Okay. Chapter 3 of season 2. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I got you. Because yeah, uh, I'm, I'm apparently bad with numbers. I make sure I'm aware of that every time now, just so that I'm ready for that question. Yeah. I, I mean, every time we almost always open up with something that's wrong. Right. So here we are. Uh, well, we're staying on brand. That's right. We're very yeah. on brand on this podcast. I can confidently say this is the quietest we've ever had the background for our podcast. Yeah, I mean, we're in a closed tap room. so Closed tap room. It's uh, almost 8 o'clock in the evening here. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting times call for uh, uh, the need to pivot. Ooh. And uh, here we are. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, so we don't have an agenda for this one uh, in terms of one of our beers or one of our people. This podcast is um, just checking in with y'all, checking in with our fans and our, our uh, loyal friends and consumers. And yesterday, PNP put out on social media, what do you want to know? Uh, what questions do you want to hear us talk about? And we got a few. So we're going to talk about that. And by the way, just to preface this, um, so we're back with the four from last week. So we got PNP over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad, a.k.a. Craig. Hey. And Chase Legler. The, the star of this the podcast. The star of the podcast. That's right. <laughs> one day we're going to have a, I cannot wait. I want one. If any of you are listening, when, when this pandemic is over, Somebody asked Chase for an autograph. I can't wait. Just one time. Get one of our cans and have Chase autograph the can. Oh, I love have that. Have we ever done an autograph session? No, but we're gonna. Okay. <laughs> We've autographed, uh, the four of us autographed can, a, a can for O'Brien's. It's on their, yeah, we it's did. on their, right. what like, can is it? Displayed. I assume it's Blanc because that was the Blanc. very first yeah, can that, that we ever. Yeah. 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 Have we ever done Chase's story? 
Because ratings would go through we've, the we've tec- roof. <laughs> we've technically never done any of the owners individually, but the like first podcast of like everyone's story kind of dips into that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's going to be like a three-series story. I think, for, for my <laughs> like oh, a docuseries. Are, dude, like Tiger King. It would rival the Michael Jordan 20-part series. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did, hey, uh, speaking, did we see like uh, uh, more – views or listening whatever of the podcast since the pandemic that's a good question i'll get back to you oh okay i don't actually know <laughs> I, was, I was like thinking about that i was like i wonder if people are actually listening to this more so now. so i know like in general podcasts are down because where people listen to podcasts are like in the car and at work on their commute yeah uh, so like makes they're sense. not doing that as much yeah, that so sense. yeah i know like the whole like podcasting advertising industry is a tad bit down hmm. but Ooh, yeah, I guess. we should do something where there's some sort of code from the podcast, and if you use the code, you get like a dollar off a beer or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Ooh. Ooh. I'm in on that. All right, all right. Let's put it at the end. Like little yeah, Easter yeah. eggs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Haley's going to love that, trying to manage that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do like a number in the beginning, a number in the middle, a number at the end. Because like, like I would just fast forward and be like, all right, quick, cool, I got a free beer. Bro. I'd almost feel like that would be more work, though, like trying to like find that one second of like the number as opposed yeah. to just like – Listen to the whole thing, but who knows? We'll loop it in. We'll find. Yeah, we'll get there. Okay, so so the three of us, Chad, Chase, and myself, have no idea what these questions are. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, they're going to bounce around too. I don't have them okay. like in any specific order or okay. anything. So actually, this first question is like a bit geared towards Chase. So first question is: Imagine my shocked face. I know, I'm right? Uh, this is from our dear friend Jeff Glacken. So Chase, Brewing Auto, it's a, it was previously a five-gallon pilot brew for you. Do you see changes on the five-gallon pilot brew versus what you're doing on 30 barrels here? Or are you seeing a similar beer? Well, the recipe itself has changed. Uh, original auto was like 8.2% alcohol or so. Um, then we did a Imperial auto for mm-hmm. a, a batch, and now that is auto. So we've actually bumped up the alcohol from my original homebrew recipe. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite the same. Um, but to answer the question with our first couple batches of auto that, that did mimic the pilot brew or my homebrewing, if you will, mm-hmm. um, it actually was uh, quite similar. It was a little bit cleaner with the brew house that we have. It's, it's, uh, it, it attenuated a little bit further which ended up being a little bit thinner, but we did make some adjustments on our sec, our you know the the batches to to follow. So there definitely was some uh, some recipe changes that we did to uh, to get a little bit of the residual mouthfeel behind. Um, but otherwise, uh, as f- as far as the flavor profile goes, uh, I was very happy with it. And yeah, so pretty minor stuff in general as far as like the yeah. changes. Yeah, and you know I did have the opportunity as well. Um, uh, to to pilot brew it with the water that we were using, which I think was is, oh, is, is helpful as well. So, but I I think I actually only pilot brewed this once actually with and with our water. Yeah, I gotcha. did, and uh, the team they loved it. They were really happy with it. So uh, you know, I did not brew it again because yeah. it's, it's a little bit of a monster of a brew to, to brew well <laughs> here and also at home. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah, it's true. So. I'm a novice at brewing, and by novice, I mean I've never done it before. <laughs> uh, Same, Chad. But that's an interesting question. So just in general, when you are piloting a beer and you do a five-barrel batch, 
how easy is that to then ramp it up to full production? Uh, I I think it's pretty easy. Okay, um, I'm gonna back I'm gonna back you off there. <laughs> I'm gonna back you off there. <laughs> it's it's not actually. Yeah. It's Ch- not just it, multiplying everything. It's not. And Ch- no. so Chase is gonna be a little. You don't bit, just like five x everything and call no, it. No, you don't. But see, <laughs> but see, there is a misconception there that, that 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 is the case. Right. So so Chase is gonna be pretty modest here. Uh, um with how easy it is to do that and the reality is it's not so to be able to do it in which in which our team has done it truly is a it's a testimony to our team it's it's yeah. it's tougher than just saying okay this is a barrel and we need to go to 30 barrels so we're just going to multiply everything by 30 yeah, that's not right. that's not what happens yeah yeah and um you know i'm not i'm not a huge firm believer to be honest with you in pilot brewing it's it's because of uh, nuclear's because Dan Carey would would not pilot brew a, a beer. Like it was basically my last year or two there. He started pilot brewing, but it wasn't it wasn't like pilot brewing. It was more small scale testing of a single hop or a single yeast. So it was very very precise in in what flavor that this will contribute versus like a recipe built and then brewed. Um, but yeah, but Nuglaris never really did pilot brewing. Uh, Damon read a recipe, and then we would brew 800 barrels of it <laughs> out of rip. So, That's awesome. like doing it was it was kind of funny though. I kind of wish Luke was here for this, but when Luke when we started to get into the the recipes that I didn't pilot brew, which was very 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 quickly on because he's uh, very different on. about that, right? Like he'll pilot yeah, he, brew something. Yeah, he before. loves pilot brewing. He he likes getting things uh, pilot brewed out. Um, um, but yeah, I just have never really. Been a, uh, I, felt, I never felt like it's a it's, it's a necessary you know uh, tool I guess. Um, so like our first few recipes that I didn't pilot brew, Luke was a little bit anxious and nervous, and he's like, "Are you aren't you worried? You know, because thirty sixty barrels to him was quite a bit, and to me it it's you know it still really isn't that much to me. But right. doing thirty sixty barrels is just yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. You know, if something happens, we'll figure it out." And we haven't really had to do that, so right. I mean, it's work, so yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 making beer, you know, for sure. All right, next question: If you had to make a signature dish, what would it be, and what Sonder beer would you pair with it? I can answer this question. So I had I I've seen this question, so I have it a bit prepared. I also don't make a whole lot of dishes very well. So um, my go-to dish that I make is chicken parm. I make a really good chicken parm. It was like a staple that my mom made growing up. Um, And then my – so I always have Blanc in the fridge exclusively for food. I like Blanc, but it's kind of just like filled this niche for me that I always just have it with food. Um, If I don't have Blanc in the fridge, I'll do like Operation Steam or Reality Capistical Lager. Like I like light beers with food, so that's my answer. Um, well, I guess it's fresh in my head. So, uh, Haley and, and, and we've been here every day. So we decided to, to close on Mondays and not do deliveries on Mondays. So, uh, we took the opportunity and, uh, did a hike and, uh, went to Luigi's, uh, old world market. And you're going to steal mine. Oh, keep oh, going, keep right. going, keep going. <laughs> and, uh, I bought a, uh, a nice ribeye, uh, steak and, uh, and it's been, Way, way too long since I've grilled, and my grill, my grill is actually—I I found out when I went to grill—it's a little bit uh, dilapidated, 
Um, but anyway, so I uh, was grilling a, a ribeye, an awesome cut ribeye steak, and I happened to have four Operation Steams. So Oh, nice. So I had four, which was tasting fantastic. So I had four Operation Steams while grilling a steak, which if you think about it, grilling a steak like that takes like three minutes on each side. So <laughs> well have, done. Uh, I also think like that's more beer than you probably drink at your house typically. It is, yeah. I actually don't drink a lot of beer at my house i guess yeah you never have beer at your house true if i do it's, it's so usually... weird that sounded very judgmental from danny oh no, i didn't mean it to be i just <laughs> I, guess, I, I know chase yeah I, I guess it is weird i guess but i i don't know maybe i'm just trying to separate i guess yeah. home life to, yeah, to I get work it. and i totally get it yeah it's not the answer i thought you were gonna say so you didn't yeah. steal mine but oh. it's close it actually is close so one of my so i just by nature love the art and the science and the creativity behind beer and brewing. And that's why I fell in love with it at home. And because it's now so much of my life here, even though I'm not in the brew house with you uh, and, and physically brewing all of the beer with you, I don't necessarily brew much at home because it's in not the same way of what you're talking about, but in a similar fashion, I don't, when I go home, I don't really brew beer anymore it's also probably tough to to make a beer that holds up to well that's to the true standard now <laughs> that, that is true that is true <laughs> i love that uh, it, it is true um when i do brew it would be just to brew with my dad yeah. and just have it to be something we do together but what has what has kind of taken that void from me is uh smoking meat so I really have big, fallen in. Big Traeger guy. Yes. So I've, I, um, for Father's Day last year, my dad got me a Traeger. Now you're going to steal mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've fallen in love with smoking meat. Uh, and I would say I'm torn between two, but I think my favorite thing or what if I had to pick a signature dish or something that I feel like uh, has become a favorite on the Traeger uh, would be brisket. Um, I love I love a good eighteen hour smoke of a brisket, and uh, pairing that with Midwest haze, which is kind of a unique pairing. Uh, but but the reason I thought you were going to steal mine is because Luigi's is, is working on a sausage with Midwest haze, and yeah. it tasted fantastic. And so that has kind of inspired me to try to. Uh, I, what I'm trying to do is create. I'm actually trying to uh, boil down a a. Uh, a reduction with Midwest Haze as almost a brine Dang, for that'd be the dope. brisket. Yeah, so. That'd be good. I never, Go ahead. I never had your brisket, by the way. I've had your pork belly, which you, was amazing. You like the pork belly, right? The pork, yeah, belly, pork belly was, was awesome. fire. So I'm actually yeah. making pork belly next week. Pork belly was dope. Yeah, I'm, so I was Monday. You should bring your Traeger into here, maybe. <laughs> Dude, we totally could. Yeah. I mean, we could wheel it in the back, put it in the back of my chair. So next Monday, so this past Monday, I smoked 16 pounds of pork shoulder. That's so much pork shoulder. Dude, it, I mean, we, we have pork, we have pork <laughs> shoulder. That's two children, two know, newborn I, children seriously, of pork shoulder. I, 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 know you're, I know you're feeding a lot of mouths over there at the Neff household, but jeez. Yeah. I'll tell you what's, what's, uh, what's, I don't know if this is uh, impressive or embarrassing, but we're, we're through eight pounds. I mean, we're halfway through it. <laughs> and I smoked it on Monday. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Wednesday today. But anyway, uh, so I smoked 16 pounds of, uh, and pulled it and did pulled pork. Next Monday when we're off... I'm doing uh, Liz's favorite thing that I make on it is the pork belly, uh, which yeah. is what you all tried. Yeah, that was good. So I'm making some of that. I'll make enough to bring in for you all. Hell yeah. Sweet. Chad? So, so you kind of stole mine. But my... Uh, Do you have a trigger, Chad? I don't have a trigger. I just okay. have a, like, uh, a stand-up smoker. Okay. 
Um, but I would say my my thing that I'm most known for is actually just barbecue sauce. Okay. I think I make a really good barbecue sauce, and it's a nice balance between like a Midwest, like sweet St. Louis style, versus and then like North Carolina vinegar base. I'm a, I'm I've a, actually had it, and it's very good. I'm a, what is your so? Uh, actually, finish Chad, and then I have a rando question. Okay. But yeah. So my signature meal would be based around a uh, a barbecue. So it would be a smoked pork shoulder, uh, fried green tomatoes, Ooh. collard greens, and mac and cheese. So really heavy foods. I love that. Uh, just something that you know is good for good for the soul, mm-hmm. and that uh, you only need to eat once a day. Uh, but with that in mind. You don't want a heavy beer with that, mm-hmm. right? Because you're eating a lot of heavy food. Uh, and actually, my answer was going to be Midwest Haze because I do add some fruit preserves to my barbecue sauce. And I think that the Midwest Haze would play well with mm. the, uh, the fruit preserves in the, in the sauce. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, Midwest Haze seems to be a, a killer beer for, for cooking with. I mean, yeah. Luigi's, they, they made us, uh, well, they're going to be making brats for the customers as well. But yeah, dude, those were good. Yeah, were I mean, amazing. it's one of the, legitimately one of the best sauces. And I, I love a good brat. So like a good beer brat or a good cheddarwurst, ooh, sign me up. So I actually, I actually um, used Midwest Haze in a, it wasn't really a soup, but it wasn't a chili uh, recently. Chili is a soup. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's fair. Let's not get into that. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I would say it was like a combination of like a stew, and I actually put Midwest haze in it. Okay, uh, it was really good. Interesting. It was really good. It, so, it's it's good to cook with. So, what is your guys's preferred style of barbecue sauce? I like Carolina mustard. Personally. I'm a, I'm a huge Carolina guy. Yeah, me too. Well, but there's two. Is it mustard or vinegar? Because I, I like mustard. the mustard. The yeah, state mustard. is actually divided. Okay. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm I'm on the mustard side. I love a good mustard barbecue sauce. Chase. So well, I, I I too make uh, not in a while, but I make barbecue at home as well, and I mm-hmm. always have the base be um, apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. That's that's where I lean. That hits. Um, and this is kind of a shout out to my to my wife and her family. They're from North Carolina, and I was not a vinegar fan until I was introduced to North Carolina barbecue, and discovered how how good vinegar barbecue sauce can be. And it's, it's changed my perspective on a lot of foods, not just barbecue. But you think about that canned spinach that you ate as a kid that was just like doused in like white vinegar yeah. and it was terrible. Oh, it was horrible. And it can be so much more complex than that. And hmm. uh, I, I've, I've learned to truly enjoy vinegar-based barbecue sauces. Interesting. I expected a, at least one or two like kind of like maybe like St. Louis or like Memphis style of the like – big like saucy like barbecue sauce out of you guys but i guess not i don't i i like that but i like i because I, I like barbecue food in general but i'm definitely i i lean heavy on the like north carolina mustard i like it a lot i like a little more tang than i do sweet i'm with you on that if we're not going carolina and i i don't like uh you know lathered in sauce either Same. I, I like it drier i want to be able to taste the smoke man. yes yeah yeah. Ooh, I, I think I might be on the opposite side of that, though. You I, like it doused in yeah, sauce? Yeah, I'm swimming in sauce. I, I used to. I don't know what happened. I just changed. <laughs> swimming in sauce. That's a pretty good beer name. Yeah. <laughs> swimming in sauce. <laughs> All right. Uh, our next one here is... Um, okay, so uh, 
Johnny asked, when can we expect a new beer? So I'm all right with spoiling this to our uh, very loyal Sonder crowd. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Um, we've got se- actually several on the horizon that we're still thinking here. Yeah, yeah, we're brewing a new one. Um, uh, it's a new Frosted series. I'm not going to say the Frosted series itself, but I'm I, brewing I, one. I think people will just get excited knowing yeah. that there's a new Frosted. There is coming. a new Frosted, yeah. and regardless of pandemic, it's going to be released. Yeah, yeah. so you, three to four weeks from now? Uh, Assuming this gets released like... Yeah, I would say from today, 25 days it will be released or so. Yeah, yeah so today's the first of... We haven't even proved it yet. So like, so like late April-ish. Yeah. I think I think late April, early May is a safe. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I'm excited for this Frosted series. It was uh, me too. Uh, I, I believe it was Luke's idea uh, for it. So obviously, everybody loves Luke's uh, crazy crazy ideas for the. It'll for the it'll throw a wrench in some people's Frosted rankings. I, I think so. I think so too. <laughs> it will for me. I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Me too. I, I think it's going to compete. So we, uh, so we won't time. go we won't go deep into that one, but ex- get excited yeah. for it. It's and for one. and for the you know it's warming up. I think it's going to be a, yes a for beer. sure. Yes, um, and let's not forget Schwester. So Schwester yeah. releases next oh, Friday. I'm so pumped for that one. We've talked yeah. about we, formerly known as 92 Days, by the way. Yeah, we did same beer. Be a little bit oh, okay. Like, sorry. Yeah, just 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 a, just a, a tiny bit. Will, um, will it be noticeable to the to the to the our, a, a normal consumer of beer? Um, I don't probably well, not. Well, let's talk a little yeah. bit about what were the changes. Uh, it's our Hefeweizen, by the way, for those that don't know. Yeah. And so it was only a one brew last year, too, right? Like, I don't think it was. It was a, yeah, it was a, a one brew last it, year. It, yeah. it didn't get, like, it didn't, it didn't get rebrewed last year. It did not. No, it, yeah. was, a, it was a single 30-barrel batch, and that's it. Um, and it flew. We won an award with it. Yeah, it's true. It's a great beer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe I shouldn't have changed it. Um, I'm, I'm actually happier with this. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to change it. You have that right. <laughs> I'm, I'm happier with, uh, with, with this batch. Um, it's it's uh, been lagering, which it doesn't definitely does not need to lager, but it's it's forced to lager because of what's going on. Um, but I've been tasting it every other day or so, and um, I'm really excited for it because it just it has a little bit more body to it, which I think aids in the style. I think I thought the last batch is just a tiny bit too thin. And I think that's partially because of um, some natural uh, lactic acid production that, that we're doing that kind of thinned it down a little bit. And we still did that addition, uh, but I also changed the yeast up. I went to a single yeast strain instead of the dual yeast strain. Um, so from a taste perspective, so to the consumer, what will, what will taste different? I think it's going to be a little bit more mouthy, um, a little bit more effervescent. Effervescent. More body. A little bit more body. I'll give yeah, you ten. Not, I'll give you ten chances to spell that word. Oh, I would. I would, <laughs> I would not spell it. <laughs> you give me a hundred, Danny. I'm not going to spell it. <laughs> um, and uh, what's what's kind of you know so, you know silver lining of this whole thing is we're going to be canning uh, all of it, so we're going to we're going to crank up the carbonation in it too. So when you crack that can open, just like the I'm brooder. I'm super excited about that. Just like the brooder as, as well. Um, it gives us this, this flexibility to, to get it cranked up on the carbonation level. So when you crack it and if you can, please pour it in, in a glass and just kind of let, you know, the aromatics come out at you. And cause if you drink it out of a can, it might not have uh, a lot of the clove and banana that you, that you should be getting, but 
if you crack it, put it in the in in glass, and then drink it, and as it warms up, you'll definitely get some of the ester profiles to it that a, that a German Hefeweizen should have. Um, but I think, you know, we've, we've learned our decoction methods a lot better since brewing a, a lot of beers that had decoction methods. So I think we got that nailed down. Um, and I just think it's a, it's a solid beer. Yeah. Also, Jen uh, nailed the label. It is so yeah. much fun. Yeah, so yeah. On, that, on that note, for those that, that don't know or haven't heard us talk about, when we talked about Bruder, uh, Bruder is, is German for brother. Schwester is German for sister. This is our rotating German wheat beer uh, that rotates every six months. So, so this is on the heels of literally Bruder just kicked a week ago. Yeah, I bought the last couple of six packs. Yeah, it's gone, and now I'd, I'd, apo- I'd apologize to someone that came in here looking for Bruder. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you guys have any of that Bruder left? And I was like, uh, sir, I have to apologize. That's on me. <laughs> I have two six packs at home. I think I have, I think I have like a case, like three six packs and like one or two. So I'm probably sitting on almost a case. Will those linger once Schwester hits? Though? It's really hard. It's really hard for me to ration them out. I, I, it's my favorite sounder beer. I've I've accepted it. Like Midwest. Hayes was that beer for me, but man, I just love Brewer so much. It's a great beer. It's so it really good. Is great beer. I'm, I'm very, very excited. I was drinking a lot of 92 Days when it was out, so I'm very excited for Shrester to come out. So, next question here. Um, so, I'm obsessed with the sours that you make. Can you explain how different it is to make those versus regular beer? No, I cannot. So, <laughs> so, so let me back into this question a little bit. I think I think he's specifically talking about um, like some of our like sour room beers versus like kettle sour sour beers. oak room beers. Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. It is. <clears throat> I'm sorry. The, the the question was how much different it how, how i'm guessing i don't i don't want to i don't want to speak for this person but i think it would what i'm gathering from this is uh speak to why they're more limited and why we can't mass produce them would be my guess right okay. yeah so there's that and then also like what's the difference between what we do in the sour oak room versus like kettle souring a beer the main difference is is that the bacteria and the yeast that we use, such as Britannomyces yeast, um, we have to keep it completely isolated and separate from our from our main production. So that really limits um, the, the brewers to really be doing any kind of labor in there because I, I have a rule where we are not allowed to do any sour work while uh, production is, is happening. Um, so it, it becomes harder to do, but also the... The process is very, very labor intensive because we're, we're literally hand bottling all the bottles. Um, we're doing bottle conditioning to all of them, so we don't have a separate bottle line. We're, we don't have any. If you look in our room, we have no stainless steel tanks in that room, so everything is 100% naturally carbonated in the bottle, uh, meaning that we're adding a little bit of sugar and then letting the, the yeast uh, that's been working away, uh, ferment out, and create all the carbonation. And we're we're aiming for very high volumes of carbonation because that's what the, sh- the the sour should be at. Um, so the process is is quite a bit different as far as blending. Um, and Luke and I, this is one of our first conversations actually we ever had when I met him for the first time, was um, to make probably the best in my in my opinion to make the best sours in the world, they're blended. So blending sometimes has a negative connotation to it, 
I guess, with, with other food processes and whatnot. Um, but for sours, you have, you have a barrel such as our punchums, and uh, one punchin has a certain bacteria uh, living in it, in the wood itself, and then you inoculate it with, with wort, and the bacteria comes alive and starts to ferment out. So you have a barrel that's heavy in, like, lactocils brevis uh, or botanomyces. So you have all these barrels that are not only single-strained, but some are dual-strained as well. So then we can go through and taste them separately, and some of the barrels are enamel ripping. You know, they're, they're too sour. So the blending process is really what makes, I think, the, the best sour beers. So getting together, tasting the barrels, saying let's do 20%, you know, one, you know, 40%, two, and, and going through that and figuring it out. And Luke has been just awesome at that. That's, that's more of his passion for that's sure. That's his bread and butter. Yeah. He's so yeah. good at it. Yeah. It's, it's very artisan in nature. It right? is. Like you're, it is. I remember hanging out with Luke and Jeff one day when they were kind of like doing a little bit of blending and like mm-hmm. they were literally just, all right, here's 30% of this, 60% of this, and X amount of whatever, you know. Like they were literally just like messing around with it. And it was like a cool thing that I had never really seen myself. Like I had never realize that this is something that people do and the cuvee just came back from uh craft beer um and brewing and got a 95 out of 100 as far as a rating goes for um and it's all blind tasting and true to style um evaluation of the beer and that was personally my favorite of the three yeah. sours that we released on our anniversary. Agreed. I, yeah. I really liked the cuvee. Yeah. I have two sitting at home that I'm like really struggling to not drink. Because I'm in the minority here, huh? Because Chase, that was your favorite too, right? Yeah, I remember. You're the, big, I know. You're yeah. a big Saison de Punch yeah, guy. Yeah, Saison de Punch which, like, was my favorite. It's an elite beer. Yeah, uh, we're splitting hairs. Yeah, for sure. I just looked at Chase and Chase laughed or like smiled at me like he knew. <laughs> he, all right. so we, <laughs> You I, knew I was going to do this. I got to tell the story really quick. <laughs> Go for all it. All right. So we were, I, I don't even know what it was for. It was some World Beer Cup or it something. It was one of the competitions. Wasn't it yeah. JBF? It probably was. It was one of them. It was, yeah. But uh, we were deciding which sour beer uh, to send out, and I was I was pretty set on the cuvee. Um, but we're you know we're a democracy, and we decided. Well, I, I so I did a blind tasting with a bunch of people between the uh, the saison and the cuvee. Specifically, there were twelve of us up there. Yeah. There was twelve of us up yeah, there. We, it was like my second week here. It was the most intimidating <laughs> thing I've ever been in part of. I distinctly remember Chad. I don't want my vote to count. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so we did this blind tasting and it was split down the middle, six and six. Six and six. So our boy John had to make so the decision. I, so I came down. I was like, "Hey John, you want to do a uh, blind tasting and vote for this which is one?" Big you John, like? by the way, big everyone John, knows yeah. Big John, the goat. Yeah, he is the goat. And uh, uh, and he's you know of course like yeah sure and, and with less words but <laughs> um, came up and tasted the tasted the beers and he picked the saison to punch them and, <laughs> and I was just like all right. All right, let's send it. And then Justin's like, well, you're pissed. I'm like, I'm not pissed. I just, I think this is the better beer. So we'll send that. And like, no, we voted. This is done. We're democracy. Sending, I'm a we're big fan of democracy. Says, yeah. We're sending this Saison to punch them. You guys voted it. <laughs> this one, fair and square. So, and then like, yeah, a month later, the QA, you know, scored very high. And I was like, I knew it. <laughs> you have let me know multiple times. <laughs> 
I know we've talked about it a lot on some of the podcasts where we dive into like our sour beers, but man, that's just like such a unique part of our brewery. Yeah. Like it's it's something that it can't be an emphasis for us because of how much beer we're pumping out. Yeah. But it is like something fun that like when we can dive into it, we do, yeah. you know? And well, to, one day we'll be able to do more with it. Yeah. For sure, for yeah, sure. Definitely. We just need yeah, I mean, my vision space for it is... and bodies. Yeah, and... And time. Yeah, space meaning separate location, essentially, <laughs> or building. Um, but, yeah... For but, you to be able to sleep at night. But, I mean, Luke, you know, Luke has done just uh, an amazing job with that with that program, because literally he, Jeez, you know, he he, yeah. put, he he got the punch-ups, like I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but, you know, that, that room is his baby, and I have strict rules, and he follows them, and that's... You know that's it's it's all his artwork in there, really. Yeah. What he's been able to do in in a very small space mm-hmm. with very limited resources, yes, is yeah. unbelievable. He's on a tight budget in there, and he's he making it work. <laughs> well, and he, he he impresses me too, as far as a like budget standpoint goes, because he thinks about the price point that we sell these bottles at. And takes away the cost, and he's like, all right, this is how much we made. This is how much we can put back into the room, right? He's not dipping into the production budget to do things in that room. Like, that room is fulfilling itself, and kind of, it's one of those things where we're being very artisanal with it, but we're also being very strategic with it as far as, like, it's not a focus for us, but, like, if you love our beer and you appreciate the style of beers that could come out of that room... There's not a whole lot of it available, but you're able to get it, and it's limited. You're not going to ever see it again, most likely, because of the nature of the beers. Yeah. We can try and do it again, right? Like we do, we've do, we done Saison de Punch and Blend 2. Yeah. It's the same idea as Saison de Punch and Blend 1, but it's a different beer, right? So That's why it's more, it's, it's, you know, it's more parallel with you know, crappier for, for grapes as, as the beer right. is. You know, yes, it's, it's gonna that's be, such a good analogy that you always say. Yeah. I love that. All right, I think we've I think we've semi done this one before. Um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. So the question was because I think we've done this one before. What is your favorite local Cincinnati beer? I'm going to change that a bit. So what is everyone's favorite local beer from where you're from? So I'm going to ask. Ooh, Ju- I like that. I'm going to ask Justin to do Indiana. Chase, Wisconsin. Do we want to give a shout-out to a Cincinnati beer that we, we love we, that's we, not from Saunders? Yeah, we can do that, too. I'm in on that. And then, Chad, you're from Cincinnati, but I'm going to ask you to do North Carolina because Brooke's from North Carolina. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. push you a little bit there, and then I'll do, I'll do Cleveland. So I can even go first if you guys would like because I, I have my answers. Go for it. So my favorite Cincinnati beer that I'll give a shout-out to – is, that's not a Sonder beer. That's not a Sonder beer. Is Nutcase. I love Nutcase. I always have. Listenman was one of my first like craft beer experiences. I've talked about that ex- on the podcast for sure. Uh, my favorite Cleveland beer. I would still have to go with. It's really tough because I like the Great Lakes Hefeweizen a lot, but I'm gonna have to go with the Market Garden Hefeweizen. It's just such a good beer. I really like that style. It's. God, Chase, we were talking about that the other day, actually. What's the name of that beer? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I forget now. I, I feel bad because I really like that beer. And now for the life of me, I can't remember what the name but, of it is. Yeah, but I would say that um, in Ohio, I think Market Garden's probably my favorite brewery to consume from. They make really good beer in, in Ohio or in, in Ohio. Cleveland? Okay. 
their their hefeweizen is some of my one of my prosperity favorite. wheat. Yes, thank you. Prosperity wheat is probably my favorite Cleveland beer, and then the brewer that I drink the most of from Cleveland would be Masthead. So that's my answer. Chase, um, well, I thought it was Cincinnati. Uh, so, we'll so, start start with Cincinnati, and then you can give a Wisconsin beer that you love. Oh, okay. Uh, give, give a shout out to your favorite Cincinnati beer, and then what's a Wisconsin beer that you really really dig? So, uh, yeah, Wisconsin's easy. I, I, I would say for was uh, for uh, for Cincinnati, uh, Westside's uh, Schwartz Lager. Yeah, that's a good beer. It's really good. They uh, they do a good job on that beer, and if I can if I can find it on tap, on well, to find it on tap out and about, um, I, I'd always get it. It's just a, it's a good solid beer. They do a good job with it. Well, Wisconsin's easy. It's um, Moon Man. So, yeah, I mean so, Moon Man's an elite beer. Yes, Moon Man is a uh, it's good marketing uh, uh, plug here uh, by Deb. It's uh, No Coast Pale Ale. It's a it's a it's a pretty pretty bitter beer. It's a, it's in your face. Very it very. Does ha- it does aromatic. have quite a bit of like hop character to it yeah. for a pale ale. Yeah, it's very aromatic. Um, but so Moon Man is one of my best friends, uh, Jaron Jankowski's uh, uh, cat, uh, a coon cat who who passed away since. So funny! Um, not but, not that the cat passed away, yeah, but that it's, yeah. it's, it's a like, beer named after Danny. a cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so Moon Man was a, a, a awesome cat. He lived in in Madison, and he would go hunt, and he would just chomp chomp down mice, and he was just a very very cool cool cat. Um, but Moon Man, the the beer itself, I. I, I took a lot of pride in all the beers Nuclear has made that I was a part of. Uh, but Moon Man, for me, just had a, a personal touch to it. And I always kind of uh, looked over. I always felt like I was looking over Moon Man while I was at Nuclear because Jared left Nuclear before I did. And I, you know, told him, I'm sure I was after a few beers, that, you know, I'll, I'll always look after, you know, Moon Man, uh, the beer, when you left. And um, But that beer is just a solid beer. And every time I go back to Wisconsin, I try to find a, a tall pack of that and, drink it and and by the way has inspired a lot of your brewing here oh yeah i mean yeah i mean yeah not only moon man but just nuclearis yeah yeah so um for cincinnati um i, I think i would go well let me back up first let's go indianapolis first or indy first um I would say Taxman is my favorite brewery in the Indy area. So I went to Taxman a couple weeks ago. You went to the downtown location, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, pretty cool, Just right? Just unbelievable. Great beer, great atmosphere, fantastic yeah. food, some great frites. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, so Taxman does a great job with their food. Uh, all of their beers are uh, Belgian-inspired. Yes. And... Um, it's kind of cool. Their founders are from Westchester, so it's 15 minutes or miles, however you want to look at it. Oh, from, I didn't know that. From where we are. And then their brewery is in Barkersville, Indiana, which is 15 minutes from where I grew up. So it's kind of fun. Uh, and now it's, it's, it's five minutes from where my parents currently live. So I try to go back every time I'm back home and, and, and try it. But they, they do a, uh, a, a Belgian wit. It's called Wit Held. All of their beers are named after tax-inspired things, which is kind of funny. They have hop audit and uh, well, like One of the owners used to and, do that, right? Yeah, they, two of them. We, we met them. They we were, did. They were awesome guys. Very, very nice yeah. guys. Yep. It's yep. a very funny brand to like, stick to. It is. Like, it, but like if, you, if you look at yeah. all of their – their, so they're, they're, I love that. They're Dark Lord or they're uh, 
Bourbon County or whatever you want. Their, their annual release is called Death and Taxes. And they, re- <laughs> they release it the weekend after tax day. That's oh, awesome. April. It's always in April. Ooh, does it get pushed back because taxes were pushed Good back? Question. I don't know. <laughs> I actually have a four-year vert of it um, or a three-year vert of it. But I, I just think – so, A, it goes back to my roots of it being so close to, to where I, I, I grew up. And B, they make really good beer. And C, um, I, I think it's uh, it's just kind of fun that we met them early on and that they were so great to us. Mm. They they walked us through their facility. And, yeah. Um, so I, I would say Withheld is my favorite. It's crushable. And they often do. They do something that's pretty fun. They often will do spinoffs. Fun fact, they have a beer named Spinoff. <laughs> They will do little uh, spinoffs of Withheld where they add fruit to it and mm. do little, a lot of what, like what we do here. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun. They have one on tap right now, or, or I guess they did, called Cherry Withheld. Obviously, Withheld with Cherry. But they did a lemongrass Withheld. Um, Chase, you know where I'm going with this. They did a lemongrass Withheld right before we started pilot brewing. And... It's one of my most memorable beer experiences because of how much Liz loved it and enjoyed it. Yeah. And if you remember, we came back and we talked about it and we, yep. and we tried to pilot some stuff. That was when she wasn't sure she had the gluten thing, so we tried the lemongrass cider and we tried all this <laughs> stuff. Um, I, it's, it's funny because I go back to my, uh, my, my computer and my really old pilot recipes and yeah. I have uh, Liz's uh, lemongrass cider because, <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't sure if she was... Having gluten issues yeah, or not. We, we weren't sure. That didn't work out so well. You can cut this out, but she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, she was pregnant. She was pregnant. We didn't know. Uh, yep. Yeah. Shocker. Uh, that happened four different times. Mm. Not um, a big deal. Wife getting pregnant, starting construction on a brewery. No yeah, big no big deal. No big deal. Um, I would say for Cincinnati beers, um, I think... I would probably go with um, Thunder Snow mm, from, beer. from Mad Tree. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of that is stemmed from, again, a, a beer experience. I remember the first time I had Thunder Snow on tap in Mad Tree 1.0, and I vividly remember it, and I vividly remember how much I loved that beer. And, and uh, I, 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 every year I pick up. Um, a little bit of it and, and drink it, and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I hung out with uh, our friend Gnarly Gnome and Raging Hop uh, doing a vert of that the other day. It was pretty fun. Yeah, you, you guys did, what, like a 40-year vert of it or something, right? We, uh, we did a six-year vert, but we were missing one. <laughs> I think we were missing like 2015 or something. <laughs> so it was, was a, a five-and-a-half-year vert. Yeah, we skipped it was a leap year. <laughs> we, did, we didn't need 15 anyway. You guys, uh, you guys pod during it? Yeah, nice. it was it was on a uh, uh, Cincy Brewcast. Oh, nice! Uh, it was it's, cool. It's a good episode. I think we all I think we all kind of agreed that like the fresh version is the better one. I really liked like the two year old version. I think I think sixteen was like a really good or no, it would have been eighteen. I think I really liked eighteen. It kind of had like some maltiness to it that I really dug. But yeah, it was fun. It's a great beer. I really like that one too. I would say to go back to that, I probably my most consumed beer in Cincinnati outside of Sonder would. Probably be fretboard, uh, Vlad. Yeah, that's a good oh, beer. Yeah, that's a great dry beer. hop pills, right? Check, check. I don't know if it's dry hop. I think they or, just or call check, it check pills, pills maybe. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Vienna, very good beer. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, Fret, fretboard okay. is just consistently doing good beer. Yeah. All right, no explanation for this question. Just a quick hitter. What style haven't we done that you want to do? 
Yeah, well, <clears throat> well, we had you know we had the 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 Hefeweizen, and I I usually don't like to bastardize traditional German styles, but one of my favorite beers though styles is a is a true Hefeweizen that's then Americanized with dry hops. So I would love to see in the future like a thirty barrel batch of uh, of a Hefeweizen that's dry hopped. I have a, I have a similar answer, Chase. So mine would be a like hoppy wheat beer. Uh, I've, I, I, <laughs> Imagine I've, my shocked face. I know I've been very yeah. I've been very transparent about my love for Gumball Head. I would agree with that statement. Uh, maybe ten years ago, I just feel like Gumball Heads changed too much for me. That's fair. Yeah, I didn't have it ten years ago. Not with but, the style of beer. You're saying you would agree with the statement about Gumball Head ten years ago. Yeah. 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 That's fair. So hoppy wheat beer, but that's also like an American wheat, and you know, yeah. I'll, I'll throw this out in the podcast so it's out there on the airwaves. But I I don't ever want a beer named after me. But if we make a hoppy wheat beer, I'm going to pitch that I find Ooh. a name for it. Producer, non-producer. Yeah, I, sure. P and P. That'd be dope. P and P. Yep. Uh, mine is a beer that we had in the queue before this whole, whole pandemic thing. Don't you say it. Uh, that has that has gone away. I don't think it's your answer, although it might be. I don't know. Um, I love a good Maybach. Oh my gosh! Uh, uh, and peace. Yeah, Maybach. and peace. We'll get there. We were planning to brew it, and um, and then a couple of factors, right? Uh, tank space and growth and everything else. Uh, we had to, we had to kind of bag it. But we'll get there. I know you have a recipe written. I, I love. No, I never actually. To be honest with you. Oh, you never wrote it. <laughs> I was supposed to brew it like in two weeks, and I never wrote the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I awesome. don't know why either. I was like, like it dawned Did on me. Did you just know that it, we were never going to brew it, so you just didn't want to waste I your time? I, no, because I. You were pumped I about the my box. Yeah, I, I was. You, I, I you really will, wanted to do it. The recipe's in my head, so Damn I. Damn you, Chase Legler. <laughs> the, rest, the recipe is in my you head. You led me on. No, the recipe's in my head. I, I knew. I, I know exactly what I would do for it, um, but I actually never put it on paper. Um, so sorry about that. I had a. Uh, I had a uh, my box from Fanta Flora, in North Carolina. Three or four years ago. Actually, it was my first trip to Asheville. Um, we stopped on the way in at a bottle shop, and I picked up a Maybach, and uh, it was fantastic. And ever since then, I've, I've been seeking a beer similar to that. Yeah. Um, I've had several, and there's, I'm excited for us to do one one day. There's a lot of beers that I would like to make. For sure. Um, An Icebach I would love to do. Yeah, an Icebach. I really want to, because we have a, a pretty baller chiller system, so we could turn a glycol down and actually do some some freezing of the beer um i know it's a little bit frowned upon as a form of distillation um but we're small enough i think we can get away with it um but yeah like uh, yeah doing doing ice beer um going more into the german styles um doing like a, a, a schwarz beer um a rauk i, I really want to do a, a, a classic rauk beer i would like to do a grisette grisette yeah a Gradowski, which is more of a yeah, Gra- Polish. Gradzeski. Yeah, more of a Polish beer. Yeah. He played hockey, right? <laughs> <laughs> is there a requirement that you need to be able to pronounce the, na- the style of the beer to be able to brew it? Well, uh, I if, hope you're, not. if you're leading our marketing team, if you're on the leadership team in marketing, I would want you to be able if to pronounce If you cannot it. pronounce the style of this beer, we cannot brew it. Yeah. What about the sales team? <laughs> <laughs> 
what about? Um... So I have three quick hitters. Okay, go. So one's a Schwarz beer. Yeah, um, I think we're all into that. But yeah, I, I think we I, all like Schwarz. Schwarz Lager is, I think. Yeah, yeah do, I'm super yeah. in on that one. Uh, and then uh, from a sales perspective, I think a Shandy would do. It would be incredible with with our space and be able to have a nice light fruity. Lemony beer outside. It's uh, very Wisconsin too, right? Leinenkugels. Yeah, yeah. Leinen's is a, a good brewery. Jacob Leinenkugel. I've yeah. heard that radio ad a few times. <laughs> and I, I actually went to my Master Brewers Association course with him, and he was he's very nice guy. He's, really? Yeah, because you know he was like a, the the big name in the in the group of these you know anywhere from professionals to home brewers taking this two week course of uh, you know. It's the malting and, and brewing science course, a two-week course in Madison, Wisconsin, which is an awesome course. I went there in 2008, I believe, or something. But, um, but yeah, he, he was there, and he, uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people in that position, they wouldn't be willing to, to, to do that, you know, because Absolutely. of the name. Yep. You know, and he was, just, he was there, cool. and he was, he was asking a lot of questions um, and just showed that he was uh, there to learn to make beer. That's pretty awesome. I, I think on that note, I think there's this this perception that really large breweries or really large businesses, uh, you know, they get this bad connotation. They're, yeah. they're not small. They're not craft. They're not. Let's not support them, and that's not accurate at all. I just want to throw this out there for my final answer, though. Okay. A Mexican lager. Mexi lager, baby. We'll get there too. No need to go into that one, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get a Mexi lager out there soon. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to as well. I mean, I'm actually not really a fan of the style, if I'm to be honest. So, like, <laughs> I, no one could tell by that reaction. I, ha- by I haven't had a I haven't had a Mexican lager. I've had a Mexican lager that I know is a good Mexican lager, but I haven't had one that I've enjoyed yet. So, my only take on it is that some of the larger breweries have done Mexican lagers and they've just kind of flopped. Mm-hmm. And not that we're a large brewery. I mean, if we made a thirty barrel batch, we could we could sell through it for sure. Um, but whether it's a sustainable, consistent beer, I'm not really sure. Actually, it just means a lot to our family. <laughs> it means to, something. To a few people in our family, <laughs> I would say that it does. All right. Two, two quick questions. I'll direct these at Justin. Uh, is there a chance Record Hop Volume 2 will be rebranded and stick around? Oh, someone asked this. Yeah. It was like a, somebody from our team? Yeah. Is, this, right. like a, is, someone, is this a bug in our, in our, no. in our meeting room? Um, sure. There's a chance. Yeah. yeah, my thoughts on it are kind of like we've found that Citra and Strata are they they do really well with our consumer and people seem to really like them. So they're definitely going to be in beers moving forward. Do we continue with the rotating hops or do we stick with Citra and Strata as far as record hop goes? It's not a decision that we've probably made yet, but it's in the queue. So here's here's my kind of take on this. Um, I'll give everyone kind of a peek a peek under the hood of our our leadership meetings, our, our ops meetings. It's a, it, candidly, it's a discussion we have. Yeah, absolutely. It's a discussion we've had now more than one time. Uh, we had it multiple times before even all of the pandemic discussion, and now we've had it even again since. Um, I think it's a fair question, and I think the reason it's being asked is because people, people really love like it. it. Yeah. yeah, which is a, a, a great thing. Um, I'll tell you, I think from a from – a, fairness perspective uh, to our fans. We've called Record Hop a rotating hop series for a reason. 
Yeah. Um, there are plenty of beers that we've made. I, I bet you if you polled everyone that loves Frosted, if we were to make Orange Julius Frosted year-round, people would love that. For sure. But that, that, that's not what Frosted is, right? And Orange Julius will come back at some point. Yeah. But we've called Record Hop a rotating hop series. And here's the thing. So I, I think it's fair to say that Volume 2 uh, is a fan favorite and people love it. And what we've seen is that uh, from a sales perspective, people seem to love it more than Volume 1. It doesn't make Volume 1 bad. It doesn't make Volume 2 better. It just means from a sales perspective, people have liked that more, right? It's a very different beer. Both are good beers. Yeah, I, think- I am so confident in our team and our production team that I think Volume 3 is going to come out, and there's going to be a subset of people who go, hey, is Volume 3 hops X, Y, and Z going to be year-round now? And so um, I, I want to give the rotating hops, in, in full transparency and fairness, I want to give the rotating hop series at least a full year run and give it what it deserves uh, before we make that decision. Is the it, Could it become year-round? Sure, absolutely. I, I've... I've said on this exact podcast 20 minutes ago that it's one of my favorite beers we've done. I love it. You hit it on the head there. I don't have anything to add. I think that's the perfect answer. We don't know, but I think we're going to give it a shot. Yeah. And then similar question, uh, Mella. Are we going to put out more beers like Mella with maybe different fruits? um, Yes. Different sour beers or maybe Mella with different fruit, et cetera. Yep. Um, What's the thought there? Yep. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I'm. It's our most sour. It's our our not our most sour. It's our most popular sour beer that we've had by far. Well, it's the most mass produced as well. Also, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I, I I'm of the belief we talked about cuvee earlier. If we mass produce cuvee, that that might sell as much as Mella as well. We just because of the nature of what those two beers are, it's we don't we don't have the ability to mass produce it. I think with Mella. Um, there is so it's pretty cool uh, for all of our fans and listeners who who aren't on. Um, I think it's Cincinnati Craft Beer Club in Facebook. Although I'm not there's sure there's two groups. Yeah, but yeah I, they I, get it. I'm not sure which one it is, but one of them, uh, Wayne Mehmet, who's actually on our sales team, is in that club, and he actually put out a really cool post. And he, his question was, if you if you could get a six pack of beer delivered for free every day on your doorstep, and you had to support local beer, what would your six beers be? And it could be a mixed six pack. It's a, kind of a fun question. The caveat was, but you have to drink all six beers every day. <laughs> so you can't which, stockpile. Which, which is a funny caveat, yeah, right? Yeah, it is, right? Because, like, our own uh, Zach put out there, like, I don't know if I'll be able to see straight after that's my that's six. Right, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Like, his were, like, I wasn't sure if you saw it. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, it was like heavy New England, like, like a bunch of heavy stouts. Like, yeah. He wouldn't make it a week. Yeah. Zach likes to party. <laughs> that's right. But, but what, the reason I referenced that post is what I saw in that post is there are a lot of people that put Mella. Yeah. Mella is a fan favorite of And it's very sessionable. People. That's right. Yeah. Uh, people in our community love it. By the way, a lot of our team loves it. I love it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 in my, it's on my short list of beers that uh, I've drank the most of and that I love here. And yeah, we're out of, we're out of uh, packages. Yeah, we, we ran yeah, through packages. We've been doing a lot of crowlers of it. And, and by the way, we ran through a lot of package uh, just with carry out here. I mean, that's uh, – and so we, we see that. So I reference that because, yes, we recognize the demand. We recognize the need. It is a beer that we could mass produce. It is expensive for us to make, and it does take a little bit of time because we do put it in our fooder, and we do oak-age it for a reason. It's, it's, I would say it's the most artisan 
large beer that we've made. It's the most artisan canned beer we've made, which is probably the same statement you just made. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and so I I would say the answer to the question is, yes, there's absolutely appetite to reproducing this beer with different fruit. There's also appetite. The conversation's been had. For sure. This isn't the first time we've discussed it. Uh, Candidly, it's at this point, it's all about making sure in a limited tank environment and a limited oak environment and a limited team environment at this point now with the pandemic, it's all about prioritizing what we can. But I'm excited that people are asking this question. Mm-hmm. And even without the, the pandemic situation happening, it's, it's still a, a labor-intensive beer that does need a lot of, uh, I guess, I don't know, massaging, I guess. It's, yeah. just, it's, a, it's, it's a beer that has to be... Uh, especially right now with it still being a, a newer beer for us and we're still kind of learning how quick things sour in our fooder and and the inoculation practice and, and, and process. It's a, you know, it's been a little bit of a learning curve for us and we're still trying to dial dial that process in with, with still having regard to our main production facility with, with keeping things separate and making sure things are clean in the way that they need to be for for clean side for sure for sure uh and not only that but making sure again i keep referencing this but we're we're doing our team chad your team chase your team in production our teams are doing a great job of being able to supply those that need our beer on an everyday basis like like kroger and like target and other places like that so we don't always have the tank space to be able to just map we would love to check churn out 26 random beers every month but we can't always do that it's in the plans i don't i don't want to i don't want to discredit that just to throw it out there yeah and i also think there's you know there's there's part of the the appeal too of it being a seasonal beer i completely agree for sure you know we're only doing 60 barrel rips you know once a year and that's it you know and And, and i see this style being something that we do a 30 or 60 barrel batch once a quarter of a different fruit and it and it it turns through. Do you see it some, becoming something like frosted? Yes. Where we yes. mix up the fruit and then yep. maybe once a year we do passion fruit like and it's the original mellow, but then we mix it up and we do pear or plum or whatever it could yeah, be. Yeah, so I was going to actually throw that out there just so, uh, so others can get kind of excited. And by the way, um, reach out to Danny or, or, or contact us at Sonder Brewing. I, I would love to hear from you all. You're, our, you're the people that we love to – I love this, this podcast. I know we're a little long-winded and we've gone long yeah, on it. We're cooking. But I love, I love interacting with, with our, our fans and people on this podcast. This, these are the questions I love yeah, because we, yeah. I, I want to know what people want to know. And let's be honest. We love talking to people in our tap room. You can yes. always catch us hanging out after our shift, hanging out talking to people. We don't get to do that either. So this is our opportunity to talk to you when we would normally be talking to you in our tap room about our beers and what's upcoming and everything else. This is release for us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know. If you have ideas for fruit that you want to see in Mella, contact us at Sonder Brewing. I'd I'd actually love to hear it and love to talk about it in a future episode. We have talked about pawpaw being a potential fruit. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've talked about apricot being a potential fruit. Yep. We almost we almost did pull the trigger at one point. I'm not sure what what changed, but we were almost going to do another fruit in in the same base as Mella, and that and that was the original discussion too. Was was Mella going to be? Uh, yeah, was Mella yeah. going to be the name like Frosted, and we changed yeah. the fruit? Yeah. Uh, what we decided was people love this enough that Mella can stand alone be, as a brand. Yeah. yeah. 
and then other fruits will come in. I, I'm personal, personally a little partial to pawpaw. I, I, I want to see that happen. Yeah, it's um, a short time frame, but yeah, be at a, yeah. yeah the, it, it, the, the season for it is pretty quick. Uh, they call it the Indiana banana, so obviously I'm a little partial to it. That's funny. Um, and I also, know. I thought that was Larry Bird. <laughs> John Mellencamp. Yeah, you're right. Um, but but uh, it's uh, Upland does a pawpaw sour that mm. uh, that uh, Liz and I have enjoyed for many years. That that I want to see us try to do something like that. It so. is a very good beer. It's it's very very sour. It's enamel ripping. Yeah, um, but the pawpaw shines through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Much like I think the passion fruit does in, in Mela. Yeah, so definitely. All right, last semi-serious question. Um, so we're obviously located here in Mason slash Deerfield. How do we get to Mason slash Deerfield as our location? How did we land here? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, so when we were initially planning through this, um, it was really easy because – I lived up here, and uh, so did Jen, and Daniel's up here pretty close as well. And uh, there's actually a really funny story. We've shared this on uh, previous interviews, and I think actually maybe even in one of our podcasts, but um, there was, we were pretty early on in the planning, and uh, Jen's family, Jen and Brad and their kids, Cato and Chloe, and then Liz and I, and at the time we had probably only two of our four kids at this time, and uh, we were just going to do a brewery tour, and uh, we, we were, uh, you know, just going through and having a flight at each place and just trying a bunch of breweries. And Rheingeist and Madtree had just recently opened. Tafts had just recently opened. And so we went from Madtree to Tafts to uh, Rheingeist, and literally at all three locations – we saw somebody at each brewery that lived in our neighborhood, not just up by us, but in our neighborhood. And all three of them, all three of those families said the same thing. Man, don't you guys just wish we had something like this up by us? I just wish we had a brewery like this that we could go to by us. And it was like this epiphany moment. Uh, Jen and I looked at each other and we're both like, we, we got to do this by us. We got to do this up here. And uh, then we came across this land that had been available for many, many years. And uh, there was some issues with the utility lines running through the property. And so we got it at an affordable rate because we were able to be creative with how we positioned the land. And, and um, that's, that's essentially how we landed on up here. All right. I'm going to try and get us to a close here. I have two. Good luck. <laughs> I have two quick hitting funny questions here. First one. Would you rather have everything in your life be hot or cold? So think about it like uh, showers, weather, food, drinks, etc. Would you rather have them all be hot or have them all be cold? Everything in my life cold. Yeah, that's like that's the no-brainer answer for me. Yeah, if everything in my life is hot, I'm going to be miserable. Yeah. What's the question? Sorry, I was reading. So would you rather have everything in your life be hot or everything in your life be cold? Think showers, food, Love drinks, life. weather, hot or cold. Well, you can always put on more layers. Exactly. You can't – once you're naked, you I, can't I, take I, off anything I think else. I picked a lame question here. We might have to is, – is your answer cold, Chad? If it's cold, we're going to move on. I think the obvious answer is cold, so I'll argue on the side of hot. Hit me with the hot, the hot answer, yeah. Okay, so coffee, 
Cold, yeah. Cold brew is fantastic. Love cold brew. I know. <laughs> Trash. Uh, dinner. Right? So, like... Yeah, I, I'm not a guy that needs... Liz is somebody that... Listen, this is all... I'm trying to fight on the <laughs> other side of this for relevancy, Liz but, is the kind of person that if her food gets, like, lukewarm, she's heating it up immediately, like, mm. to the point of scalding hot. No, I'm not that person. I'm not either. I'll eat pizza cold. I, I'll eat it, like... I can't make a great argument because leftovers are my favorite food. Okay. Yeah. Move on. Yeah, Next we're move, question. We're moving on here. So, would you rather have a chef, masseuse... Or chauffeur for the rest of your life. That's a great chauffeur. Question. Chauffeur, easy. No, that's not that's not my answer at all. That's, that's easy not my, for me. No way. Yeah, I would say so. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy my wife's cooking. So chauffeur. No. Nope. That I, is- I love. First of all, I love cooking. It's a it's a passion of mine, and it's something that that like when I. When I get home, I actually enjoy twenty minutes to myself just cooking. Mm. Yep, I enjoy that. It's uh, my stress release. But yeah, I do love. Too. But I love driving too. So I, I, can I? I can just pick and choose when I use the, sh- the chauffeur. Right? Hey, I tell you I what. Guess, you right? guys go home to your chef. We're gonna go have some beers tonight after work. You drive home and cook. I'm gonna stay here and have a couple extra beers because I have somebody <laughs> driving me home. So I, here's my answer. Yeah, hit me. All right. So cooking is my stress relief. So I will cook. In my in my current state as the delivery driver for Sonder and doing home delivery, oh. I'll take a chauffeur that can do all these deliveries for me. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to pivot on mine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say chef because there's Uber and there's uh, uh, whatever. Yeah, there's also one. restaurants. Mine without a doubt is chef. Without a doubt. If I don't have to cook any of my meals. You're also the only unmarried man without. <laughs> That's a fact. My life is wildly better you're, you're cook- if I have a chef. You're cooking wildly for one better. right now. Yeah, and it yeah. blows. I hate it. I, I oh hate cooking. Yeah. I do not like cooking at all. Not this question even, was the easiest. Not even a little bit. If I could have somebody drive me around forever, come on. At least we had yeah, some I difference, think though. Okay. Uh, so I technically have two more here. Let's go with this one. Let's do it. Uh, we kind of discussed this one a tiny bit in the tap room yesterday. Um, would you rather go three straight summers without drinking? So think May through August, you cannot drink. Three straight summers or spend an entire year in Antarctica. Mine's easy. I'm going Antarctica. <laughs> These are all really good questions. That was one year in Antarctica. One year in Antarctica. <laughs> I'm getting so drunk in Antarctica for a year. <laughs> what's so bad? I don't understand what's so bad about Antarctica. It's cold. It's cold as shit all day, every day. I don't think they have the coronavirus there. <laughs> yeah, but you can still kayak. And no, it doesn't 65 degrees or 70 you, degrees can you kill kayak, corona. They have though? more corona than anyone. Antarctica? Yeah. It's just like it's ice. It depends, ice. On, the, it depends I, on the season. At least part of the time you can. I bet you can't. I bet it's close to freezing. I don't even care. I'll just drink in an igloo uh, for a year. It's global warming. You can, you can, <laughs> you can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm easily going three summers without drinking. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. I'm going Antarctica. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm definitely Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's... Yeah, I mean, you could you could train yourself how to make a, an actual igloo, which is probably pretty hard to do. <laughs> and, you know, learn survival skills. There's got to be ice fishing, uh, watching polar bears. Have, There's got to be a lot of science research centers up there. Do you have the distribution channels to get anything you want during that year? 
I think Antarctica would actually be pretty cool. It would be. Antarctica would be lit for a year. But if you could get... I don't think I'll leave. I think think you're 30 days. You're going to be like, this is a really cool 30-day vacation. We don't ship to Antarctica. No, you're going to go... Dude, you might not be able to get booze in Antarctica. Can we do a 30-barrel batch of Bruder sent to Antarctica? I'm cooking. That's a different story, That'll last you like 11 days. Maybe. Like, if we're operating with all of the laws that, ha- that, that exist right now, that's a really tough choice. Yeah. It's not even a little bit tough. I'm, I'm still going Antarctica. No, There's got to be some type of booze there. I'm just taking the three years off. I realize I sound like an, like an alcoholic here, but I'm not. No, no, right no. I, well, that person. Um, I don't think you sound like. Sorry for the distraction. I just uh, like drinking y'all. during the summer. I just saw a car go flying down that road. That At was, least 65. Yeah. I mean, on a 35 mile per hour road. Yeah. I, I think you're going to end up in quarantine for 12 months. Yeah, you're able to drink, but you're in quarantine. Dude, you were frustrated being at home for nine days by yourself. You're not going to go outside in Antarctica. That's a fair point. You were frustrated for nine days. Yeah, I had a rough nine days. Uh, dude, I, I, like, not drinking during, like, you can't drink You can't bang chains in Ar- Antarctica. That's you can true. try. And I bet I you can can't. bring this. Dude, I bet you can't. <laughs> All right, next question, last question. Would you rather have the internet, exclusively the internet, assuming you can't listen to music or watch movies or TV shows on the internet, or have those three things, music, TV, internet, or music, TV, movies? So it's either the internet, like social media, Google, et cetera, or music, TV. But this is the movies. easiest but question. Can't, but can't you just you know illegally download or that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like you assume you can't do that Basically, on the internet. You have the World Wide Web and social media. This is the easiest question. I think or we're I think we're all going to go TV, movies, no. music. No. You're going internet. Yeah. I see. It has a baseball card addiction. Yeah. I can't do without yeah, eBay. Yeah, yeah, I need eBay. See, as the guy that like runs our social media, I'm still going movies, TV, and music. And I think the kicker for me is music. I can't give up music. That's fair. My mental state would be out of this world. Because you don't own CDs because you're too young. I own all the CDs. (laughs) That's true. That's fair. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, no, I... I have a fantastic CD collection. I don't. I mean, I... I I still have a lot of Blu-rays. I could watch movies on Blu-ray. Exactly. Yeah, shit. Blu-ray fancy people. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, it was like it was like guys have been around for like thirty years. It was like it was like high def like two decades ago. Yeah, that was twenty years ago. <laughs> dead serious, it probably was. Really, I'm dead serious. No I, bet Blu- I bet Blu-rays were released twenty no. years ago. No, I'm no like two thousand. You know what? Don't look it up. None of you look it up. I want to know if one of our listeners is listening right now. I want you to email. Danny, we're gonna get roasted after this. Contact <laughs> us at sonderbrewing.com. When was the first? Blu-ray released. I'm saying it was around 2000. I'm going 04. I'm going to say 07. No, I'm going to say 2000. 20 years ago. I'm going 04. When was Avatar release? Ooh, that was like teens. That was that was only like seven or eight years ago, I think. No, that no, was, I was Avatar. Uh, no, I bet it was like 2012. I bet Danny's right. Yeah. Really? No, no, no like 2010. I bet it was 10 years ago. I don't know. All right, so I'm going to go two years before that. So I'm going to say 2008. Okay. Seriously, none of you look it up. Don't look it up. I want to know. I, I, don't, know. I don't care enough to look it up. I want to know if somebody <laughs> listening right now, if somebody listening will look this up and let Danny know. 
I don't care enough to look it up either, but hopefully one of our viewers. <laughs> I actually do. It's going to kill me not to look it up, but I promise you I won't. You're going to look it up. I promise so, you I won't. So what's interesting about this answer is, Justin, you and I have the same answer, where we're taking the internet and foregoing movies, TV shows, and music. I guess, I guess like... The other theory- two are taking the opposite. Thank you. We have kids. They don't have kids. Is that why? Do I don't know, why? but it's an interesting it's an interesting observation because I don't feel like I have a ton of time for movies, TV shows, and music anyway. Exactly. Yeah, but I'm trying to flip baseball cards, and I need eBay for that. <laughs> you guys think this pandemic is making people regret the kids that they have? No, I have. Like this is an appreciate honest, them more. Yeah, this yeah. is an honest answer. Like I have become. I feel like I was a fairly good father before that. Before the pandemic, but like now we're doing like uh, bedroom basketball every night. My son goes, Dad, you got time for to do bedroom basketball? So like he's got a Nerf, he's got a Nerf uh, hoop in his bedroom, and uh, we we go play basketball. We do baseball cards. We do jokes together. So I mean, like. Things that you always wanted to do, but you didn't have time because you were always busy and working and trying to get dinner, get ready for bed, and everything else. I actually feel like this uh, this crisis that we're in is going to bring families closer together. I saw a funny tweet that said, the people that think there's going to be a child boom in nine months are the people that don't have any kids already. Yes. yes. <laughs> there will be no second children. Well, that's what sparked that thought. Is like I was like... Yeah, that makes sense. But then I was like, well, does it make sense? Because maybe the people who have, like, two kids are at home, like, like hell no, we're not going to do this. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. I think, I think the easy, like, clickbait joke is, like, is, I'm tired of my kids. I can't wait to get out. Yeah. It's the best form of birth control. Yeah. Right? But the reality is, like, I, I, I'm dead serious, man. Monday when we were off and I got to be home all day with my kids – Dude, like when I woke up Tuesday and I had to tell, like I woke up and the girls were like, are you going to work? I'm like, yeah. They were like frustrated. Yeah. Like it, there is like a weird sense of like togetherness that I can't really explain. Well, and they don't really fully understand what's no, going no, on, mine right? Don't. Mine don't. No. I so, will say like when we do our, our evening prayers, um, they've been rotating who prays and, uh, and, and uh, each of them at the end of the prayer is praying that corona is over soon mm-hmm. but they don't get it right they just want to go to school again and they yeah. just want to like they see just their want friends yeah. yeah um same but but i, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but i think um i think they're you know they're frustrated with each other because that's all they have right now and that's all they can fight with uh but i know they've enjoyed being home with liz more and i know that that mm-hmm. Um, like they loved being around me on Monday, you know, and, and yeah. it sucks and it's frustrating. Like I, I went to Lowe's on Monday to, to grab Liz has me doing a shiplap project in our house right Chip now. Chip and Joe. That's right. Just all the fixer upper. <laughs> and I just wanted to take Jojo with me and I, yeah. I didn't and I couldn't because I know she's going to put her hands on everything uh, and put her hands in her mouth. Yeah, that's true. And so that's, that's kind of weird. You know, yeah. today... I don't want to bring this down before we, we close out, so we'll end on a high note after this. But I will say today was the first day. I think, I, Danny, I think it was you I looked at, or maybe it was Chad, one of the two of you. It was like, today was kind of the first. Like, I, I am 
I love being with my family, and I can be a homebody as much as I can be not a homebody. And I'm, as you all know, I'm an emotional, like, social guy. And I'm a hugger, and I love to, you know, bro-dap it up and all this stuff. And uh, over the last, seemingly over the last 24 to 48 hours, um, I've seen more people, maybe, or have talked to more people and not been able to either hug them or fist bump or even shake hands. Today, it was like at one point, it kind of all hit me at once. That it was like, damn, I kind of I kind of missed that interaction. Yeah. As much yeah. as we Zoom call, as much as we stand six feet apart, as much as and, – and we're – you know, Chad, you mentioned this. We're the lucky ones. Yeah. We, we still get to have this interaction. We still are deemed essential and still get to have this. We're not hugging. No. But we get to see we each other. We get to see and talk. There's a lot of people who don't, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, actually, because I, 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 you know, there's different, different, you know, situations for, for people's perspectives, and I've been coming to, to work every day. Right. So it's, and I'm not a homebody person either, so we had, we had that Monday off, so Haley and I drove an hour and a half to, to hike for, three, you know, for, for, for three hours, and so it's just, I don't know, it's, yeah. it, it's, 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 it's funny how it kind of affects people in different ways, and, absolutely, you know, to be a you know, deemed essential and, you know, part of the supply chain and whatnot. It's just kind of, uh, it's, it's just interesting because everybody's in, in this together yet separate. It's just kind of a weird. Right. It is weird. It, it's a weird thing. You're right. But back to our kids, <laughs> I just want to say this, like I, we've had a lot of time to think about this and I really believe that the kids that are able to, get into a craft or continue to follow their teachers optional learning online this is going to define a generation and these kids are going to be able to drive the future of this country drive the future of the global economy because there's something you know this is unique we haven't seen this since what, 1918? Well, well, none of us have, right? That's the thing. 19, yeah. none, of, none of this society has. It's interesting that you say that because Danny actually said to me today that, you know, his question to me was, do you, do you think this changes society moving forward? Or yes. no, it was Chase. Chase, it was you, I think. One of the two of you, I don't I know. I said that to you, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. You, you do, asked me that. Yeah, do, does this change society moving forward? Is this, this, does this change the way we interact? Like 100%. Do, like, do handshakes go away? Yeah. It's crazy. And I, and I sincerely hope not, but I'll, I'll tell you this much, man. Like, I've thought about this. There, there are enough, I think there is enough out there, out there about this that there's, even when, even when we're deemed available to go outside, there will be people who don't. Sure, and I don't blame them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, there, will be, there will be people who don't go to King's Island. There will be people who don't go to sporting events for a long time. Well, I would say I, I don't think that this will change a lot as far as, uh, as society goes. I, I do hope, though, that it does change more preparedness and more awareness as far as, you know, our government goes. Yeah, but that's globally. No, I mean... yeah. Nobody, nobody currently today was prepared for this. Yeah. U.S., China, whatever you want to say. And I, I agree with you, by the way. Like, I, I agree with you that 
that I hope, I hope globally that we can figure out what, you know, insurance is a really good example, right? There was no insurance for this because, quote, quote, I heard somebody tell me, if I would have tried to sell this to somebody, they would have laughed at me. To pay for an insurance coverage to cover something like this. Right? Yeah, I have a different opinion about insurance in, in general as a whole, but yeah, I think just... That's what I, that's, I'm saying. That's, that's what was told to me. Yeah, it's, it's true. Right? So, so nobody was prepared for this. No, I think I, I agree. I think we're in unforeseen times, and we're kind of just. Chad does it best. He he. I love his mindset during this time of like day to day. Like, how do we get through the day? How do we make decisions today and whatnot? And it's kind of just all we can do, you know. But like, we're the lucky ones. We're deemed essential. We're cooking every day, getting people beer, and hopefully bringing a little bit of light to a dark time. But it is what it is. Yep. Well, um, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, let's do it. Um, this was a great podcast, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, I didn't think I had enough questions, but I think I had too many. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, we'll, we'll keep, we're going to keep coming at you. We're going to keep having contact. For keep the con- questions coming. Yes. Yeah, always let me know. I mean, Justin keeps throwing out the contacts as a Sounder Brewing email address. Like, yo, if you want to hit me up, like, Danny at Sounder Brewing, I'm, I'm all right with that. Okay. You know? I, I'm here for it. If I had another beer, I might even throw you my phone number. But Don't do that. No, we're not. Don't do that. that. <laughs> Don't do that. We, we have enough people to listen. Don't do that. <laughs> Email do chat that. at sauterbrewing.com if you want Danny's number. I'll send that out. <laughs> y'all are, y'all are our highest bowl. Bitter, highest bidder gets it. <laughs> <laughs> can you make sure she's hot? Yeah. So, so I'm pretty sure they can all figure out all of our emails now. Uh, I might have given that away. <laughs> no, no, no. Ours is different, dude. Ours is absolutely yeah. different. You weren't the first email I've ever created with Sonder Brewing. It's so. totally different. <laughs> Our emails are different. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for always listening. Um, oh, shit, I don't have a beer. We, uh, Chase, this is your rule, too. It's literally God, your rule. It. Here, it's just, <laughs> this podcast is taking forever. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you guys. That's a good point. Uh, Cheers, y'all. Cheers, Cheers. Yikes. <laughs> Podcast is over. We lost it all. We're good.